Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your nerds! Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Nerd Degree. My name is Jeff Clark. I will be your host for this episode, Animated Discussion. We are going to be covering everything from anime to Animaniacs, My Little Pony to Bojack Horseman, or even that obscure little cartoon show, The Simpsons. <laughs> the nerds that I have here today will have to be quick on the draw. You'll get Disney spells with all of their sketchy details. <laughs> there we go. I've got a groan. I'll take it. <laughs> Excellent. We have a panel of four fantastic nerds here for you this evening. We'll be discussing animation, and um, I'll start over this side. If you could please introduce yourself and the cartoon character that you most admire. Uh, my name is Erin Harrington. I'm a lecturer at the University of Canterbury doing pop culture type stuff. And I think I most admire the cat bus from my neighbour Totoro, the mm. um, Studio Ghibli cartoon, because he's got uh, 12 legs, he can fit people in him, he's got headlamps for eyes, and he's always going to be your sober driver. Absolutely. Yes, wonderful. Thank you very much, Erin. And uh, on your team with you, we have... My name's Andrew Keppel, and I'm an animator from a real, actual TV show made here in New Zealand. It's called called The Barefoot Bandits, and you can watch it on uh, TVNZ on their website, but... I should probably stop plugging that now. No, plug away. Their team has an actual animator. (laughs) Yes, they do. What? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well, uh, you'll you'll find out why it's not not an unfair advantage (laughs) later on in the show. But, uh, Andrew, what what, uh, animated character do you most admire? I think I've always looked up to Donald Duck, actually, Mm -hmm. because no matter what happens to him, he just sort of struggles through, not always better for it. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Donald Duck, a good good character. Also, doesn't have to wear pants, which is a nice (laughs) thing. (laughs) A a nice thing. I I generally think that would be a a nice thing. And um, the two of you are on a team. What is the name of your team, please? Uh, We are Finding Finding Bemo. Finding Bemo. (laughs) Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Finding Bemo! I'm Ben Allen, and I have more than the average number of legs. And uh, I, I admire, as a cartoon character, I think, uh, Voltron. Voltron, because as a single robotic unit of five lines, he is somehow capable of defending the entire universe, which I think is pretty good. And also he has a ready-made solution to any problem in forming Blazing Sword. Whenever that, that just solves anything, no matter how tough it gets, you can always form Blazing Sword. It'd be great. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And also on your team we have... Uh, I'm Justin White, a stand-up comedian of very little renown. Uh, I also host a quiz show which has led people to believe that I actually know the answers to things. It's not. I just have a list of things on paper. Um, I also (laughs) really like Donald Duck for his absolute refusal to get therapy at any stage. (laughs) (laughs) An angry duck. Absolutely. And uh, what is the name of uh, your team, please? Oh, that's good. We're called I Arrived Late. No, uh, uh, Scrooge McDork. All right, we've met the two teams, and now we're going to go into round one, Nerd Quotient. I will ask the teams some obscure animated-themed questions, and they will um, answer them, hopefully correctly, but points will be awarded for creativity as well as accuracy. But uh, before we do that, I'd like to introduce uh, the person who's keeping score in the booth, Andrew Todd. Andrew, how are you doing? Hi, Jeff. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, uh, I'm actually just in here uh, working on my voice reel, so do you mind if I, like, uh, when you... Ch- I'll, just, I'll just sort of combine the two jobs? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. You let me know what character you want to, introduce, to uh, give the next score oh, no, to. I'll just, I'll just be, I'll just, be uh, just doing whatever I want. Because <laughs> that's what I do. As shall we all. And giving as many points as I want as well. 
Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we are going into round one, nerd quotient. The first question. I will put this open up. What was the first animated cartoon? Was it Andrew? Gertie the Dinosaur? Gertie the Dinosaur. That's not the answer I have here. Could you elaborate? Gertie the Dinosaur? Um, was uh, one of the, at least one of the first examples of animation um, was made by Windsor McKay back in, like, uh, early 20th century. Dinosaurs are very a... old, so it stands to reason. <laughs> mm, that is true. Yeah, it was part of a vaudeville act that he had going with this animated dinosaur on a screen behind him. Okay, okay. Um, that's not the answer that I have here, but thank you for a little bit of history. But that guy's an animator. So yeah, he's probably, probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I could be making all this up for all you know. Yes, yes. You could be, but having that whole animator in your title gives you much <laughs> greater license to make things up. Mm, absolutely. I'll try making something up later on and see if okay. he's got it. Yep. <laughs> any, any, anyone uh, have any other ideas as all to what the first... Well, yes, actually, the very first animated uh, feature film ever was Trilobite. Bite. Um, it, it, was very still. Hmm? <laughs> the technology was crude. <laughs> but trilobites predate dinosaurs by some time. That's right. <laughs> I, see. I see. We're getting into we're getting yeah. into some uh, sort of paleontological disc- paleontological yeah, totally discussions. Uh, no, no, no. The, uh, the 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 answers I've got are um, obviously early animation dates back as far as 1832 with things like the phenakistoscope, the zeotrope, and the praxinoscope as well as the common flipbook. But the first animated screening for the public was Poivre, Poivre Pierrot by charles Emily Reynaud at the Musée Grévin in Paris in 1892. The first photographed animation projection was Humorous Phases of Funny Faces in 1906. The first animated projection in the traditional sense was Phantasmagore by Emilie Coll in 1908. But the first animated movie, of course, was... Snow White? Yes, the... Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Is that 1937? It was 1937. Can I, can I get a point for that, please? Oh, yes, you both, yes. Get, you both get points for that. Yes. Now, um, why, was, why was Snow White called Disney's Folly? Wasn't diverse enough. She was... <laughs> she's real white. Yeah. And so straight. Yeah. 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 No, there was, uh, she doesn't other... hang out with those seven dwarves, though. What, what do they get up to in that cottage? <laughs> I don't know. Any, any other... did, did it nearly ruin them? It did. It did. That's absolutely correct. It was originally budgeted at only costing $250,000, but it ended up costing $1.5 million. So during production, it was called Disney's Folly. Or the price of an Auckland house. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, how much money do you think it made uh, upon release? Uh, quite a lot. Yes. All the money. All the money. Now uh, money or then money? Then, then money. I still don't know. <laughs> I, I think it was about $10 million. Ten, in the, in ten, the, it was almost $8 million yeah. that it, it made. So much million. like an Auckland house, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> it appreciated very tomorrow, rapidly. Yeah. And $12 million after that. Mm. All right, that was, that was lots, of, lots of interesting things, although no directly correct answers to the actual <laughs> question. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, question two. How did Bugs Bunny help doctors save someone from blanking out? Is this this is telling us? Is this coming from Mel Blanc? It is. It is, it is something to do with Mel Blanc and Bugs Bunny. Uh, that's what I got. That's the fact I had. I just picked up <laughs> on the clue. So Mel Blanc. Yep. Um, did did he? Did, what's the sound of his? Did the sound of his voice bring somebody back to life? That was in a coma of some kind. Did, did the sound anyway. of his voice give away a disease that he had? 
<laughs> no, although doctors did say that uh, Mel Blanc had the vocal cords of, of an opera singer. He had incredibly thick vocal cords. But there was... You're very, very close, Ben. Um, Bugs Bunny actually saved Mel Blanc's life when he was in a coma. What? Yes, um... <laughs> I was just talking bollocks. No. In, in 1961, Mel Blanc was in a very bad car crash and he was in a coma. Um, the neuro- neurologists and the doctors had been trying to talk to him and he wasn't responding. And one of them said, hey, Bugs Bunny, how are you today? And Mel Blanc replied, yeah, what's up, Doc? <laughs> Uh, that, is, that is commitment to a bet. That is quite bad. <laughs> the, doctors, the doctors then um, asked if they could talk to Tweety Bird, who said, I taught I taught a putty tat. And they actually talked to Mel Blanc in his different characters before Mel Blanc himself regained consciousness. Um, yeah, uh, lots of neurological theories. Apparently, um, Mel Blanc had such a strong work ethic that his, it was hardwired into him to start talking in that character. Um, but uh, what, what, what was another thing about um, his work ethic following that car crash? Did, did it completely taper off and he never worked again? Absolutely not. Did it go in the complete opposite direction <laughs> and he worked all the time? Mel Black was so committed to working that he, even though he spent seven months in a body cast, he still did voice recordings from his hospital bed. Well, you bed. could, right? Yeah. You know, it's not like you can... You don't have to... You only need your voice, literally. So you don't mean... actually have to throw you off a cliff. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That's very, very true. But it's more fun if they do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a lot more realistic. Uh, you get better splatter effects. That's yeah. the thing. But, I mean, also, this is a cautionary tale about driving while in a coma. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not sure if that followed exactly, but thank you, Justin, for your uh, public service announcement. All right, question number three. What was so shocking about an episode of Pokemon that means it was never seen outside of Japan? Did it oh, give oh. kids seizures? It did. Seizures? It did. Absolutely correct. And then uh, was parodied in South Park. It was parodied in South Park. More people seizures. Yes, bonus points for that. Yes, it was the oh, 38th oh, episode of the first season. Just, oh, just no, I have bonus points for asserting that um, the, the uh, condition suffered from that, that is... Um, provoked by that particular episode of Pokemon, it actually works a lot more if the person is told that that's the episode of Pokemon that, that provokes their... Uh, right. Yeah. So if, if they know if about it in advance. If they're not told, most people won't actually respond in a fit. That's crazy. Ah, that, that's, actually, that's actually a valid point. They did say that it was um, a combination of mass hysteria yeah. and uh, photosensitive epileptic seizures. Yeah. It was uh, an episode called Deno Senshi Podigon, or Cyber Soldier po- Podigon, where they went inside the Pokeball technology. Uh, how many people do you think were hospitalised by this in oh. Japan? Hundreds. Hundreds. How many hundreds? Give me a number. The closest number will get bonus points. 800. 800 from, uh, from Scrooge McDork? How many do you read? 1,500. 1,500. It's actually 685, so, uh, so Scrooge McDork <laughs> get the bonus points. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, after that particular episode aired, the show ended up having to go on a four-month hiatus. Shares in Nintendo dropped by 5%, and there was extreme controversy in the media. The TV show now holds the dubious honours of coining the term Pokemon Shock. It created a set of guidelines for future animated programs relating to the amount of flashing lights that can be done used. And it also holds a very specific Guinness World Record for most photosensitive epileptic seizures caused by a television show. <laughs> Pokemon they, Go to hospital. Yeah, something like that. I'm just Absolutely. thinking they should they should drop that exact thing into Pokemon Go and see how many people wander around with the phone. <laughs> they can just take out like four off bridges and like roll down hills. Yeah. 
Uh, another little bonus question. How many Pokemon are there? Oh, too many. That's a good answer. <laughs> yep. Did you say 1,500? None. 3,000? Yeah, <laughs> ah, the, good... the number is irrelevant, Jeff, because the important thing is to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> So you can never catch them all because oh, there's the like infinite amount that you get it's closer and more. closer to. I, I believe that as long as there are people trying to catch Pokemon, there will continue to be new Pokemon created. Ooh. Yes, uh, technically, uh, according to the internet, there are 761. <laughs> when did um, you look at that, though? Because there's probably more since you looked it up this well, afternoon. Well, there are likely to be 800 to 850 when the new generation starts in um, a few weeks' time. All right, uh, question number four. If they had been traditionally animated cartoons, how many drawings would the Toy Story trilogy have used? This is a maths question. There's 24 frames in a second. That's correct. There's 60 seconds in a minute. That's correct. There's far too many minutes in a Pixar film. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So heaps times... Lots. Lots equals shitloads. (laughs) Pretty close, pretty close, pretty close. Any, any estimates here? Are you talking individual frames or individual drawings of each character? Uh, in, individual frames. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No, I still don't know. I, I yeah. can give you the running times, but uh, I, the, the, the maths that I did was that um, the Toy Story movies are 81 minutes, 95 minutes, and 103 minutes, respectively. I'm not including the shorts or the sequel. So that's 1, 116,640 plus 136,800 plus 148,320, which means it would be 401,760 frames of animation. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) But um, there's a little technique that could uh, reduce that number severely. Um, Andrew, do you know of the the term that uh, generally cuts animation down by about half? Outsourcing. Outsourcing. Yes, that is that is um, definitely one. It's called it's called shooting on twos. All right, I was going to say filming live actors does it. <laughs> Rotoscoping, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's when animators uh, use the same picture twice. It, it makes things seem faster. It's used a lot in uh, Looney Tunes. More oh, because Disney. Disney Disney used a bunch of their old animations in from movie to movie, didn't they? Like they had dancing sequences. They just swapped in the dogs for the. For the toucans or whatever. They may well have, yes. Yes, yes. There is a lot of recycling that helps as well. All right, uh, question number five. Who are Alex and Mares, and why are they celebrating their 50th anniversary this year? Is it because it's been 50 years since they started doing whatever it was they were doing? (laughs) I concur. There is is something that's celebrating a 50th anniversary this year. Are they animators? No, they're not animators. Are they animated? They are animated. And they appeared in a property that is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Uh, is it Astro Boy? No, no, it's not. No other people looking at pages like io9, which has a whole heap of articles about this very subject. 1966. Yeah, anyone want to boldly go and guess what they think it could be? Oh, wait a minute, because it's not tied into. Is it the original? Is it the animated series of Star Trek? Yes, uh, right. They wow. are both characters that were introduced in Star Trek: The Animated Series, which ran from 1973 to 74. <laughs> but neither of which could have appeared in the real series because Eric's has three arms and three legs, while Maris is uh, from a more cat-like species. How are they celebrating their fiftieth? 
anniversary when they only came 1973. Well, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary. Oh, the, not it was a deli- It was deliberately misleading question <laughs> in a vain attempt to get so some crazy answers. So after five empty, desolate decades of not working since 74, <laughs> they're having it rubbed in their faces that they briefly appeared in an animated yeah. spin-off that lasted barely a season. <laughs> two seasons, actually. Pause for celebration indeed. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, question number six. What lost piece of nerdy history is being regenerated in animated form? Oh, was it uh, The Thief and the Cobbler? The it Thief was, and the Cobbler? It was a, an animated movie that didn't quite get made because it ran out of budget, but the fans got hold of all the, sorry, of all the material around it and tried to get it funded to be made again. Um, it does have something to do with a whole heap of material that's been recovered and is being used to create an animation, but it's not about The Thief and the Cobbler. Yeah. Is it, in fact, the lost episodes of Doctor Who being recreated on BBC archives? Absolutely correct. Oh, wow. Yes. Well done. Yes, uh, the BBC has commissioned an animation studio to recreate the lost second Doctor adventure, Power of the Daleks. The episode aired in 1966, funnily enough, 50 years ago, um, but was lost due to a purging of the, the BBC's master negatives from their archives. Um, the recreated animation uses audio recordings, film clips and stills and will be released on November 5th this year. All right, and the final question of the Nerd Quotient round is, according to Watch Mojo, what is the saddest piece of movie animation oh, ever? Oh, is it Bambi and his mum? No, that's number two. Oh. Is it uh, that episode of Futurama when Fry's dog is oh. waiting for him, like, over the... To- to- oh, my yes. God. Oh. That is the saddest piece of TV animation, but I asked for movie animation. Is it the intro to Up? No, that that was rated number um, eight, six. How how can anything be five times sadder than that? Any any last guesses? Is it in Toy Story three when they all like acknowledge their death as they're going into the like garbage incinerator and they all hold each other's hands? Apparently, there was this awesome clip. I don't know if you've seen it on the internet. Where some people showed their mum that movie for the first time and they edited it so that it happened there and then they just blacked out and cut to credits. <laughs> yes. So that's the last thing in the film was just them going to their deaths. It's <laughs> a pretty bleak like, ending. Yeah. Uh, yes, there are there are those clips, there are definitely points for that. That is number that is number eight, the incinerator oh. scene. There's another moment from Toy Story Three, which is on the top ten. Uh, which is um, Andy's Goodbye. No, the number one uh, saddest piece of movie animation is the death of Mufasa in The Lion King. Yes, absolutely. Um, Seriously? Yeah, Death of Bambi's Mom is number two. it's Um, terrible when the hero of the film dies. Yeah, notable mentions are um, the death of Littlefoot's mother in The Land Before Time, (laughs) the uh, Kitty Has to Go Now sequence in Monsters, Inc., the Iron Giant sacrificing himself and saying, Superman. Um, (laughs) The death of Setsuko in Grave of the Fireflies is number nine. That that is the singular most depressing film I've ever seen. Absolutely. Grave of the Fly Flies, yeah. hugely depressing. And number 10 is the death of Optimus Prime. In oh, God. Traumatised. I'm not sure if that says something about depressing moments in animation or the people who vote on Watch Mojo's internet poll. But yes, as Ben said, the saddest moment in TV anima- animation is absolutely no competition at all. It is Jurassic Park in Futurama. Um, I'm just going to need a moment to recover myself. Andrew, could you give us a score update on the scores? Absolutely, Jeffrey. <laughs> Finding Bemo is on 13 points, but Scrooge McDock is on 11 points, putting them in the behind. 
was full. I was. Full I said that well. in the wrong yeah, order. Yeah. 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 But like you've we got to say the line, putting them in the behind, which is. I'm sure they're okay with that. All right. I'll do better next time. All right. We're moving on now to round two. Don't you know? (laughs) Now, Ben was earlier bemoaning the fact that we have a professional animator on one of the teams and that that might give them an unfair advantage. Well, this round is entirely based on Simpsons quotes, which I believe Ben Allen has been watching since episode one and continues watching it to this day in some kind of grim determination (laughs) to see it out. Things will turn around soon. (laughs) I will... I will die before the Simpsons ever goes off the air. This is his mastermind topic. Absolutely. Well, in this round, what's going to happen is I am going to start reading out a Simpsons quote. Whoever, whichever team can ding in first and complete the quote, will get some points. Bonus points will be available if uh, you can name who said it, and super bonus points if you can name what episode. All right. Quote number one. And. <laughs> Come on, mate, what do you think? And. Uh, I'm going to need more information. Okay. <laughs> there were like 27 seasons. Yes, alright. And I. For. And I, for one, welcome our dolphin overlord. No, no! And now I, for one more command, new insect overlord. Correct, Ben. Yes, Bruce McClough. It was. It was. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Okay. You have the main points. Do you know who said it? Yes. Finding Bemo. It was Kent Brockman. Mm. Kent Brockman. Correct. You get some points. And um, do you know the episode in which it was? Uh, it was. It was the one when Homer becomes an astronaut and goes yes. to space. Is it Homer? Is it called Homer's Odyssey or something? No. Uh, no. It's. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. The time is gone. It is Deep Space Homer. There you go. All right. Quote number two. See my <laughs> Andrew. Correct. I'm sorry, we can't sing anymore, or we will be sued by Fox. Correct. Absolutely correct. Do you know who said it? Mr. Burns. And do you know the name of the episode? Finding Bemo. It's the Dalmatian one. Yeah, the Dalmatian craft work. Greyhound puppies. Yes. Uh, Greyhound puppies. <laughs> Two dozen and one greyhounds. I'm go. going to remove the ability to uh, the, the the call to identify the episode because that's clearly not going to happen. Yes. If you can name it, do so, and okay. you'll get bonus points. All right. Quote number three. Twenty dollars can buy many peanuts. Explain how money can be exchanged for goods and services. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Can you guess which character said it? <laughs> was, 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 the, that, was that Homer? Yes, it was Homer, correct. All right, quote number four. Me. Fail English? That's impossible. <laughs> correct. <laughs> said by. Was that. It was by. Homer. Um, no, Ben, you have a chance to steal the bonus points. Rolf Wiggum. Rolf Wiggum, correct. <laughs> Quote number five. Last night's itchy 
and scratchy uh, yeah, you have to keep going. was without a doubt the worst episode ever. Yeah. Correct! <laughs> Correct, finding Beano. Uh, do you know who said it? Finding comic book guy. Comic book guy, correct, yes. All right, quote number six. If a cow ever got the chance... It, it would murder you and everyone you love. Very close. It would eat you and everybody you care about. That is correct, Justin, yes. Uh, who said that? Troy McClure. Troy McClure, absolutely correct. Number seven. The knee bones connected to... To the something. The something's connected to the... <laughs> yes, it's a, he sings a song and it goes a little bit like that. Uh... <laughs> right. The, 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 the neck bones connected to my wristwatch. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to give you half points yeah, for that. The yeah. correct quote is, the, key bones con- the knee bones connected to the something, the something's connected to the red thing, the red thing's connected to <laughs> my, my wristwatch. Watch. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, finally, Bimo, do you know who said that? It's Dr. Nick. Dr. Nick. Uh, yes. Do you know Dr. Nick's last name? Riviera. Correct. Yes, yes, you'll get a bonus point for that. All right. Point number eight. My old friend, Mr. McGregor, with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. (laughs) This is not a quote that's on the list, Ben. Stop. We've got a problem. (laughs) Quote number eight. We'll take the spruce moose. Get in. Yes. I said... Get in. <laughs> yes. Which is said by? Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns, correct. Yes, it's, he's, uh, he, it's in the episode where they've legalised gam- gambling and he's gone completely insane. All right. Quote number nine. Television. Lover. Uh, something secret. No, so mother. Mother something secret lover. Um, teacher. Teacher. Mother teacher, teacher secret mother, lover. Secret lover, yeah. That's very mangled. Uh, <laughs> no points to either of you. Uh, television, teacher, mother, secret lover. Oh. Said by? Homer. Homer, correct, yes. All right, the final one. Oh, boy. Sleep. <laughs> That's <laughs> where I'm a Viking. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Said by? Ralph. Ralph Wiggum. Yes, absolutely. Well done. <laughs> well done. Oh, Can we just do that for the rest of the night? <laughs> no, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid not. Everyone's a winner and everyone's a loser in that round. That was that was that was disturbingly impressive. All right, uh, Andrew. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> and Andrew Todd. What are the update on the scores? Well, Jeffrey, um, Beam Finding Beamo has 24 <laughs> points, but Scrooge McDork has 28 points, making up their deficit to emerge in the. Yay! Ah, well done. You have definitely come up from behind. All right. That brings us to round three, Nerd Association. I'm going to show you and read out uh, three things. You have to identify what links them together. Very, very simple. Also very, very hard. Points are rewarded for creativity of the connection as, po- as well as accuracy. All right, what links these three things? Megatron, Fred from Scooby-Doo, and Garfield the Cat. 
Well, I think those sassy postures and poses to start off with. The sassy postures and poses? Yeah, yeah. yes, that's one thing that could link them. Is it hating Mondays? Hating Mondays? Megatron, um, Megatron hates Mondays. I believe he hates all days of the week. <laughs> and Is it liking lasagna? No, Megatron <laughs> does not like lasagna at all. He only craves energon. <laughs> Deep-seated narcissism issue. <laughs> I'll give you some points for that. Yes, yes, absolutely. They have the most amount of fan fiction written about not only them as individuals, but them together. <laughs> I haven't visited that corner of the web. Um, although is, it, is it that their sidekick, or their offsider in each case, is trying to secretly kill them and replace them? <laughs> yeah. So obviously what are you saying about Daphne? Yeah, Daphne <laughs> wants to, like, I would say it's probably Shaggy. Uh, no, 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 I'm afraid, uh, none of you quite Shaggy got it. Is it something with voice actors? Yeah. They all have the same voice actor. Correct, Andrew, well done. Oh, yes. yes. They are all voiced by Frank Welker. All right, the next one. What connects Doug, Rugrats and Ren and Stimpy? <laughs> Did Mark Mothersbaugh do the music to all three of them? I don't think so. <laughs> I could be wrong. That's, not, that's just not what I've got written down. That, that was a halfway serious answer. Okay, we could But Google I think that. it's only two-thirds of them, but right. I could get two-thirds of a point. So. Mm, two-thirds of a point, yes. <laughs> Badly drawn noses. Mm. Badly drawn noses. That's, uh... yes. They turned to shit after they changed network. <laughs> Uh, possibly, yes. No, it's true, but mm. I don't know, if yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if it's the answer you're after. Do they all get to 100 episodes? I'm not sure if they all reached 100 <laughs> episodes. Um, Ren and Stimpy certainly had a, a, a fraught production period. Did they all... I know that Doug and um, the Rugrats had shows about them when they were a little bit older mm. as well. Did Ren and Stimpy have... Have Ren and Stimpy Senior go to Florida? <laughs> oh, Not quite, no. No, 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 I know, but that is um, a very good point. They all had fantasy sequences. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they all had fantasy alter egos. They did, but the thing I have here is they all aired their first episodes on the very same day, the 11th of huh. August 1991. Huh. All three shows premiered. All right, what connects? Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story 3, and Up. (laughs) Me hungover uh, (laughs) with with a blanket and a blue Powerade. I'll give you partial points because I know that is true. (laughs) In a similar vein, massive amounts of Colombian nose candy. (laughs) Entirely possible. They did make a large amount of money. Each features a character that speaks. (laughs) Yes Were they each um, Academy Award nominated? Correct Um, Specifically what Academy Award? Music Animation and acting Best anthropomorphism (laughs) No No, they are the only three They are the only animated films that have ever been nominated For the Best Picture Academy Award um, obviously, um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Jeez. Yes. Well, it was it was because um, they've they've introduced since introduced the category uh, after Beauty and the Beast was nominated in uh, 1996. They introduced the category of Best Animated Picture. Um, does anyone know which was the first animated film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Picture? No, but. No. <laughs> 
But I'm willing to bet it was ages ago. Which year was it? Tell us which year it was. Oh, 2001. 2001. It won in 2001. That was the first Best Animated Picture winner. Oh, it was Toy Story, wasn't it? No, it was not. Was it something like Lion King 3, Simba's Pride Goes to Jail? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, actually, it wasn't a Disney film. Was it Monsters Inc.? Shrek. Shrek, correct. Oh. Yes, Shrek was the first winner of Best Animated Picture. And it was all downhill for that. For that. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. It is worth noting, though, that uh, Walt Disney was given an honorary Oscar in 1938 for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. All right, what links these three people? Orson Welles, Leonard Nimoy and Judd Nelson. Justin. Eyebrows. <laughs> if they stand close enough together, yes. Ben. They were all voices in the Transformers film. Yes, they were. Oh, good. Correct. In which, in which Optimus Prime died. And, and Spoilers. Orson Welles was a, was a planet, a planet-eating planet. Yes, he was a planet-eating robot. Also, like Eric Idle is in that film. He I is, think. he is, yes. Together at last. I was wondering, so, I was wondering so if Morris Lamarche does awesome impersonations of each of them. Oh, more than likely. So um, you've, you've hinted at the characters. Do you know the names of the characters that they voiced? Uh, Omicron. Was that, was that awesome? Well? No, Omicron no, is a planet. Uh, Unicron was the Unicron, Unicron, yes. Unicron. Leonard Nimoy voiced the uh, villain. Galvatron. Galvatron, Galvatron, correct. And who did Judd Nelson voice? Self-pityatron. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. He voiced Hot Rod or Rodimus Hot Prime. Rod. He was the. <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. He, yeah. could, he could never be. He just wanted to be Optimus Prime, but he could never be Optimus Prime. He, was, was he like Optimus Prime's like dorky little brother? He was worse he than Ultra Lake. We can go into this. We can go into the major plot details, but basically, least, he got the Matrix of Leadership from Optimus Prime no, and became the new leader worthy. of the Autobots. And at, then... least, at least Ultra Magnus turned into a truck. Yeah. What did Rodimus Prime do? Let's. Let's move on before this gets violent. Okay. What links Brad Bird, Tim Burton, and John Lasseter? Are they all the head of their own um, animation companies? Uh, no, Brad Bird's not a head of an animation company. You might, you might have a, a special connection to this. Is it something horror business? <laughs> not quite. Is it something lady business? No. <laughs> then then <laughs> I don't know anything about it's, it. It's a rather ac- academic answer. Do they all have doctorates? Sort of. Do they all have honorary doctorates? Sort of. Do they all have masters? <laughs> Were they all at one time married to Helena Bonham Carter? <laughs> Were they all at the same time married yeah, to yeah. Helena Bonham Carter? <laughs> what they, happens they, in Hollywood stays in Hollywood. Um, unfortunately, that's not true. <laughs> did they all teach a university course? Very close. Did they all take a university? Yes, they all. They were all in the same graduating class at a certain uh, certain training institute. Does anyone know the name of that particular institute? Would that be the Cal Arts one. Yes, the California Institute of the Arts. Um, and as a result, most of them include the reference to A113 in a lot of animation. You'll see that pop up. What does that refer to? That was the room their classroom was in or something like that. Absolutely correct. Yeah. That was the classroom that their classroom was in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely correct. All right. Room. What links Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, The Jungle Book and The Aristocats? Is that the dance? Are they all doing the same yeah, dance? they ripped off the animation of each other. Absolutely correct. Yes, ben, as Ben <laughs> set up like earlier. I said that before. Yes, as Ben set up. <laughs> spoiling this, but oh, I never kept capitalising on. Yes, these animation sequences for all three have been recycled, but they've been recycled in one particular film that Disney did. All three. Robin Hood? Yes, Robin oh, Hood used them. Good. Well done. 
I am impressed. All right, what links together? Studio Ghibli, Ardman, and Nickelodeon. My undying love. Okay. <laughs> Problematic spelling. Problematic spelling, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Made up words. Uh, chickens? <laughs> Chickens. They all use the same drug dealer when they visit LA. I'm more, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure if you know, Miyazaki uses any sort of drugs. He just loves his art. He is. Uh, it has something to do with an award that we've referenced earlier in this. Have uh, they all? Oh, the best animation. Been nominated for best picture. Yes, they have. They, all three studios have won the uh, Academy Award for best animated film. Can you identify the films with which they won those awards? There'll be a point for each film that you can name. Uh, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. That is one. That's Ardman's one. Howl's Moving Castle. No, it did not win. Was it the Princess Kia's... No, it wasn't Princess Mononoke. Oh, was it Spirited Away? No, no, the recent one. Spirited Away. Spirited Away, yes, that one uh, for Studio Ghibli. And what did Nickelodeon win? Doug's first movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm afraid not. Can can you can you like zero in on it a little bit? Uh, I, I I can I can zoom and enhance. I'd need to make both of my eyes focus in the same direction as opposed to moving independently. Um, it's a very Western film. Oh, Rango! Rango, Rango correct. Oh, very good. Yes, and um, what is um, obviously the first two that you named were Spirited Away and Wallace and Gromit. What is unique about those particular films in the best animated film category? They're the only claymation and the only hand drawn. Absolutely correct. Oh. They are the only two that went the CGI. <laughs> All right, and the final final question for this one: What links together Street Sharks, the Care Bears? And He-Man. Can I just say that the Care Bears was the first movie I saw at the movies when oh, I was little? I yeah. think everyone went to that movie. No, Ben, just me. <laughs> <laughs> Unremitting awesomeness. Yep. They were um, properties like cards and toys and all that sort of mm. stuff before Credit, they were animations, and the animations toys. were to sell the toys, and they killed my innocence when I Absolutely found correct. That's correct. Bang on. So... Yes, all of these um, all of these animated series were created in order to sell the toys. So, so they Care Bears were Hallmark. They were Hallmark The story cards. I've heard, and I don't know if it's true, is that He-Man came into existence because Mattel <coughs> did a toy tie-in to Conan the Barbarian, yeah. mm. the Schwarzenegger film, and then when they saw it, they were like, oh my God, we can't possibly be associated with all this violence. <laughs> and so they had all these muscular dolls, like, yep. what will we do? And so they popped off Arnie's head and put a new one on, and thus He-Man was born. What, what about the street shark things, though? You can't be associated with all this violence, but a lot of sweaty camp characters dressed yeah. in leather thongs. Yeah, it's equally homoerotic, but that's yeah. fine. So, so what were the street shark, rollerblading, mutant, angry shark things? What were they designed to sell? Just toys? They were just toys. Uh, yeah. And then they made a, they, the they fuck came up with that? <laughs> I, I think the guys who Justin mentioned who were on a lot of cocaine okay, and sure. saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, um, sure. that, was, that was the thing I was going to raise as a bonus point, Ben. You've nailed that exactly. What's particularly ironic about the um, He-Man Conan uh, situation? Uh, Don't you think? Uh, Conan was a barbarian, but He-Man had a library. <laughs> Something like that. Educated. Uh, it's because in 1992 there was an animated series called Conan the Adventurer, and it yeah. was awesome. which had a toy line from Hasbro, and it was it an was awesome series. Warrior without fear. Yes. He's more powerful than any man. His legend spreads across the land. That was great. See, if only you guys had been in the cartoon know, theme exactly. thing we did a warm-up, we would have been fine. But uh, all right. Well, congratulations. That brings us to the end of Nerd Association. 
Jeff, Scrooge McDork have 35 points, but Finding Bebo have 42. That's more than 35. That is is correct. All right. We come now to the final round. The debate (laughs) round. In this, our two teams will go head to head and discuss a, uh, a very serious topic. The topic for this debate is that the world would be better if it was a cartoon. So it's the real world versus an animated world. And um, who are currently in the lead, Andrew? That would be Finding Bebo. Finding Bebo. Would you like to take the affirmative or the negative on this topic? Um, no, that's, that's, that's up to you, Andrew. What would you like? Um, I think the affirmative. The affirmative. So uh, Finding Bebo will be arguing that the world would be better if it was a cartoon and... Uh, We'll be, we'll be, we'll be arguing that the real world would be better than a cartoon or that a cartoon would be a horrible existence. All right, so each team will have one minute to make their initial case, followed by 30 seconds of rebuttal for points that the other team uh, might have raised, and then there will be a closing statement from each of you. So, um, finally, Bemo, as you are the uh, affirmative team and, and you are in the lead, you get to go first. Uh, you have one minute to make your case for the world being more like a cartoon, starting now. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew's just written it'd be better for animators. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, we'll yes. start now. Okay, good. So, so the, the world at the moment is a place of turmoil, it's a place of strife. We have climate change, we have terrorism. These are all we very have, complicated they, issues. They're, they're horrendously complicated yeah. issues. We need to simplify things more, I think. We need to simplify them right down, right down to 24 frames a second, crudely drawn, beautiful, bright poppy colours. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so. So, oh, sorry. No, that's no, fine. That's fine, animator. <laughs> so he's just going to keep feeding me stuff. It's terrific. So if we had this beautiful kind of brightly coloured thing, the, the thing about cartoons is that 21 minutes of a commercial half hour, all your problems are solved at the end of it. At the end of your film, all your problems are solved unless you have a sequel, in which case all your problems are solved then and you get more toys and you get more soundtracks. <laughs> so, so, so there's art, there's music, there's dancing that is recycled again and again and again so everybody knows the moves. And you're not just limited to real world things either. You've got this whole new branch of physics that you can employ to really tackle these problems and Five solve seconds. a lot more than, than you'd expect. You can do anything you want and it's amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Finding Bemo. A good opening statement. Uh, Scrooge McDork, your opening statement, please. You have one minute from now. Well, yes, the world is a compl- complicated place and it is full of strife and terrorism and all sorts of things, but that's what actually makes it interesting and bearable. Uh, if, it was less, if it was less complicated or indeed more mundane, uh, that'd be even worse than it already is. And the other thing about living in a cartoon universe is that you might be cancelled at any moment should your merchandising not hit the sales records. Conversely, your season might be grotesquely prolonged for 27 seasons, even after you started to suck five seasons ago. Imagine, the, 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 the opposition argues that life would be simpler and, and less complicated if, if everything was a cartoon. Imagine the stress that would be added to your life if your cat 
was a regular user of dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) This is the world we face if life becomes a cartoon. I have yet to be chased by an axe-wielding maniac on jet skates in real life. All right, interesting, interesting. All right, uh... Finding Bemo, you have 30 seconds of rebuttal. Well, you say dynamite, but it's made by Acme and nothing by Acme ever works. So I think, <laughs> so I think we're all right there. And you, you say about, you know, we might be cancelled, but we might be brought back as part of a nostalgia season. It's just what? amazing. I mean, if they're, if they're re-releasing toys of the Care Bears now from the mid-1980s, then we're just going to keep coming back and coming back. Yeah, as long as we can keep keeping people on our side. And since everyone's in the animated universe... They'll never go away. The nostalgia will never go away. And animators will really be the ones in charge. And I think that's the best thing I've heard. <laughs> right. well, thank you very much, uh, Andrew Todd. And, and, and thank you very much, Andrew Keppel. Good, uh, good statement there. All right, Scrooge McDork, your rebuttal, 30 seconds. <laughs> it's not the animators in charge, it's the script writers. And looking at how great, <laughs> how great life would be if everything was a cartoon, I'd like to focus on a very typical cartoon, the animated adaption of Raymond Briggs' When the Wind Blows. <laughs> This is a completely typical cartoon which results in a nuclear war between the UK and the USSR and the depressing death of two lovely old people. That is life as a cartoon, my friends. Sad death from radiation poisoning for everyone that you love and care about. Okay, thank you, Ben. A real real deep cut into the animation deep web there. Do not watch that cartoon, uh, especially if you're a kid and just think you want to watch a cartoon. You will cry and be confused and have a lot of questions. All right, so... um, Good arguments and counter-arguments from both teams. I'd like you now to uh, summarise your argument in a closing statement, please, and uh, then we'll get the audience to vote. Well, I I don't think you can just pick these awful outliers. We're the team of the childlike sense of wonder, and all I have to say is, come along with the snorks. Swim along with the snorks. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all we've got. Excellent. And from uh, Scrooge McDawg. I would hesitate to pay too much attention to anybody who encourages you to come along with the snorks. <laughs> to swim along with the snorks. They snorked right out of their snork holes. They were filthy creatures. And the less said about them, the better. In a cartoon universe, snorks would overrun our marine farms. And <laughs> All right, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, closing statement. Think of the aquaculture industry. <laughs> All right, audience, you have heard uh, some compelling um, arguments from both sides. Uh, I'm going to ask you to vote with your applause. If you believe that, uh, that the world should be more like a cartoon or should, stay, uh, or should be less like a cartoon, uh, you'll have the chance to clap for the one that you think. If you think the world should be more like a cartoon, please clap now. If you think that the world should stay uh, as it is or if, if it would be a bad world if it was more like a cartoon, please clap now. <laughs> All right. uh, it appears that the, uh, the world has chosen the world that they know. Uh, the status quo, bleak as it may be, is still preferable for the uh, nightmare of a Chuck Jones uh, parade of torture and death. All right, uh, Scrooge McDork are the winners of this round. Well done. And um, while Andrew is uh, tallying up the uh, scores, um, if each of the panellists could say where they could find you or, or, or uh, if they want to follow you on, uh, on Twitter or Facebook or anything that you're doing that's coming up. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, um, you could probably find me 
at my workplace, which is the <laughs> which is which is the University of Canterbury. I work in the English department, and I have a really really beautiful picture on my page at the moment that was taken at like the golden hour, perfect angle. Can't see my little double chin thing. It's amazing. So go go check out my nice picture. <laughs> And um, although I'm in Christchurch, the company I work for in Auckland is called Muck Putty Animation. That's M-U-K-P-U-D-D-Y. And uh, they do a lot of New Zealand cartoons that sometimes make it onto TV, but you can also find them on the web, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted to, uh, I suppose you could go to gameplanet.co.nz, uh, New Zealand's premier video game site, and read some game reviews that I write. But not for a while, because we got burgled two weekends ago, and my PlayStation 4 and my Xbox One were stolen by bastards. Yes. So um, if you happen to see yeah. a limited edition PlayStation right. 4, what sort uh, of... The, what yeah, that's it? right. You should, I, I've, I've got one cheap, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Justin, what, have you got anything coming up? No, I'm an itinerant comedian, and I appear all over the place. You could sort of try using the Christchurch hype machine to find out where I play, but there is no fucking hype in Christchurch. We all know that. So um, you could find me on Facebook. My name's Justin I don't respond to requests or messages. <laughs> Other than that, you could probably attend my amazing quiz show, uh, Off the World Quiz with a Twist, that takes place every Tuesday night at Strange & Co., that lovely, lovely little bar with the best bartenders in the universe. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, everyone has plugged that. My plug, of course, is for The Nerd Degree, which is recorded on the first Wednesday of every month here at Orange Studios. You can find us online at nerddegree.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. And um, all of these episodes, which you are either viewing live right now, hi, people viewing it right now, and uh, it's also online at nerddegree.com and on podcasts around the world. And, Andrew, have we added up the scores? We sure have, Jeffrey. <laughs> You're doing great. This voice, this voice, uh, this voice track is going to be uh, gold. I can guarantee oh, you'll get some. Oh, it's going to be great. You want to know the scores? I want to know the scores. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> Fighting Bimo is on forty-two points, but because they won the debate round, Scrooge McDuck is on forty-five points, winning the whole goddamn competition. Congratulations, to Scrooge McDuck! Hooray!